So today's gospel is one of those that you never like to preach on because no matter what you end up saying, somebody will come up to you afterward and say, I don't like that gospel. Because Jesus does things that don't sound like Jesus, like call some lady who comes to him for prayers and turn around and say, basically call her a dog. Okay, now if I were Jesus, I would probably do that, but Jesus is not me. So borrowing from Bishop Barron, something that... Um, it's, which is always a good practice, by the way, because Bishop Aaron always has something good to say. But he begins this Sunday's homily by saying, essentially, look, what we should not do is read the gospel this way. Jesus was tired, you know, and, you know, he just wanted to get away. And here's this lady bugging him, and he was having kind of a bad day, and he just kind of snapped at her. Okay, that is what some of us might do, because we are sinners. Jesus is not a sinner. If you go around snapping at people because you're tired and in a bad mood, you know what that's called? Sin. Okay, I know some of these people are nodding at each other and poking each other. But there you go. It has a name. It's called sin. It might be small sin or big sin or whatever, but it's sin. And Jesus simply doesn't go there. So we have to put on a different set of glasses, if you want, to be able to see this scene the way God laid it out. First of all, we can ask ourselves, where is Jesus and what in the world is he doing there? Because it says he's in the district of Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon is not inside Israel. It's not very far away, but it's across the border. He was in pagan foreign territory. Very rarely, only a couple of occasions in the gospel, do we see Jesus setting foot outside of the boundaries of Israel. Uh, if you want to include Samaria, he goes there a few times, but Samaria was kind of a special case. They were kind of half Israelites, and they used to be part of the ancient kingdom of Israel back in the day. So Jesus is traveling. He encounters a Canaanite woman, not an Israeli, who comes to him with these words, Lord, son of David. The word she used would have been Adonai, which sometimes is also used to speak to God. We call God Lord the same way the Jewish people did. Adonai, son of David. That's a powerful introduction. That is the introduction of somebody who is essentially saying to him, even though she's not Jewish, you are the Messiah. I trust in you. I know that you have been anointed by God as the Messiah. How does this foreign woman even know that? I don't know, frankly. But clearly she had heard of Jesus, and clearly she has faith that this is the one that God has chosen. Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. And Jesus, it says, did not say a word in answer to her. You would think that if Jesus is God, if Jesus loves her and cares about her and her daughter, you would kind of think, this is an important prayer. Here's a woman who makes an act of faith. Lord, you are the Messiah. Come save my daughter who's possessed by a demon. You would think he would at least respond. He doesn't even say a word to her. And she continues, so the disciples say, hey, get rid of this lady. She's bugging us. So send her away, she keeps calling out after her, after us. 
Jesus says in reply, and this phrase I think is kind of the key to the gospel. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, so what's going on? The reason Jesus really basically never left Israel, and the reason he kept within Jewish parameters is because Israel had a mission. Who was Israel? It was a nation that was chosen by God to receive from him the covenant, which is to enter into a family relationship, a relationship where you share life with God, but not just for itself. Israel was the first fruits. It was the first one that God chose, and he needed to train them well and to form them well so that they could fulfill their mission to go out to the rest of the world. So Israel did have a mission, and it was not just to remain self-contained. So first of all, they had to receive what God wanted to give, and that's why Jesus wanted to give to the people of Israel the fullness of his teaching. He wanted to reveal to them, I am everything you have been waiting for. The time for you to start fulfilling your mission to reach out to the entire rest of the world with this gospel message, it's just around the corner, but it's not quite yet. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be the one to go out directly to preach to the peoples. I want to do it through you. And by the way, who is the new Israel? Who is the new people of Israel that Jesus founded? It is the church. So when we, when we are tempted to say, Jesus, Jewish people in the Bible, they never fulfilled their, their mission or anything. Well, guess what? You and I are the inheritors of that mission. You and I are the people that God has called if you are a baptized Catholic, a cradle Catholic, you're like the people of Israel. God has blessed you. God has given you a lot of gifts. God has given you a mission to reach out to the peripheries because we live in a society that is surrounded by people who either don't know God, who feel abandoned by God, who feel rejected by God, who feel like, I don't have a place in the church. Maybe I used to be Catholic. And they're just waiting for somebody to be that instrument to go out and to bring the message of God's love, that they are loved. So Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The woman came and did him homage. To do him homage means she got on her knees, saying, Lord, help me. And here's where Jesus says the thing that everyone really doesn't like the sounds of. It is not right to take the food of children and throw it to the dogs. Wow. Even I wouldn't say that. And I'm pretty mean. So, those of you who know me, no. <laughs> um, why would he say that? Okay, first of all, Jesus was not saying you, you know, Judy Jones or whatever this lady's name was individually are just a horrible person. If anybody else asked me, I would give it, but not you because, you know, I can't throw the food to the dogs. It's not what Jesus was doing. It was an expression. The Jewish people, it was derogatory, obviously, but it was a derogatory expression that Jewish people in his time had for Gentiles, pagans, non-Jewish people. It actually shows up in other places in the gospel where Jesus talks about 
you know, the wedding feast, and when the guy tries to get in and he's not dressed for the wedding feast, what does it say? Throw him out where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth, and it makes reference to, you know, outside are the sorcerers and, you know, the murderers, and it also says the dogs. It's not talking about the four-legged, friendly, crittered kind of dog. It's talking about the pagans, the non-believers. So Jesus is saying, it is not right for me to take this, which my mission, which was called to galvanize the people of Israel, it's not right to take these graces and give it ahead of time, before it is time, to the pagan people. And the beautiful thing is, this woman will not take no for an answer. So you see two different things happening here. On the one hand, you see what is the mission of Israel and how Jesus fully respects the mission of Israel and what his mission is as Messiah to come and galvanize this people of Israel so that they in turn can be the ones who are going to go out. And that, by the way, is what all of the first readings, first and second reading that we just had was talking about, was the mission of the people of Israel to go out to the Gentiles. Okay? But secondly, we see a woman who will not take no for an answer in prayer and how that moves the heart of God. How many of us, how many of us would have the gumption when, it's kind of funny, when you, it's actually even humorous. You think about it, God himself called this woman a dog. My goodness. How many of us would have the gumption to continue on in prayer trusting that she would get what she wanted in prayer. How many of us have that degree of trust in Christ? How many of us have that degree of faith in Christ, in his goodness? This woman is for you and me a school of prayer. How many of us, when we pray about something and we don't get it, it's like we get mad at God. I prayed and he didn't give it to me. Oh my goodness, somebody's going crazy. <laughs> I prayed, Jesus didn't, God didn't give it to me, I'm done with God, I can't trust him. Okay? No. Why does God sometimes, it seems like, ignore us or not listen to us? Or, or why does God sometimes allow things in our lives that we, they just don't seem to make sense? Why does God allow these horrible crosses and misfortunes sometimes? Well, I think a lot of the time is so that what happened in today's gospel can happen. Every time Jesus said no to this woman, she had to make a choice. Do I just turn away, dejected, or do I renew and strengthen my faith in Christ, and do I keep coming back? And what Christ was doing with her was drawing out a deeper and deeper and deeper faith every time she came back. Every time she came back, she was renewing and growing in faith so that Christ, in a certain sense, could not refuse her. And when you and I come to God that way, absolutely trusting, he may not answer the prayer the way that we want it answered, but it is impossible when you and I come to Christ the way this woman does, on our knees, figuratively speaking, pleading with God, trusting in God, he absolutely is incapable of ignoring that kind of prayer. And this pagan woman 
is a lesson to us. And I think that's the final thing that I want to, that's the final point I'd like to make. Why is it that sometimes we don't pray like this pagan woman? Well, the problem is, the danger with being Catholic is, it's so easy to get comfortable, okay? You and I, most of us, I presume, maybe there's a convert or somebody in here, but I presume we're basically all cradle Catholics. We all grew up knowing, if I commit sins and I want to go to confession, I can find a priest, he will hear my confession. If I want to go to Mass and I'm in a state of grace, I want to receive communion, I can receive communion. There are certain things that we know, you know, I grew up in the faith, I'm in my comfort zone. I get it. As long as I stay in these parameters, I'm good. And the danger is we lose the capacity, in a sense, to, go, to risk. We lose the capacity to take our faith radically and to kind of lay it out on the line. This pagan woman had nothing to lose, and therefore she was willing to lay it all out on the line. Even being rejected, she was willing to, she had no human respect. She just simply put it all out there, and God, when he sees us, lay it out on the line for him. Radical faith, he cannot refuse that. I once heard somebody say that the word faith is spelled R-I-S-K. When we're willing to risk things, when we're willing to risk our dignity, that is when we're making a real act of faith. So this is the challenge for us. Two things. Number one, as a Catholic, do I bring my faith to, the, to a world that is hurting? Do I bring my faith to the people out there, the people on the fringes that need to hear about God? And number two, do I persevere in my prayer the way that this pagan woman did? If the answer to those questions is yes, then you're in a good place. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.